I think for uh, humans, kind of, and society in general, there's this common kind of story, this storyline that's gone down through the ages. And the story goes one way or another like this. There's either a kind of, there's a hero or a king or kind of a partner, lover kind of thing, and they're there and everything's good and the people are good and then suddenly something happens and they, they're gone. They disappear. And we're waiting for that, that one to come back and to finally finish it. And then the, the hero or the lover or the captain or, the, or whatever, they come back and everything is fantastic. They bring their army and their weapons and they drive out the baddies and there's joy or they, they come and they reunite or they, they come and they look after the town again and everything happens really wonderfully. It's this story that kind of keeps repeating. You can see it in a couple of songs that are around, uh, one that's around at the moment. This is uh, Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber, which is a newer song, but you can listen to the lyrics of the chorus where it says, I do the same thing, I told you that I never would. He's admitting he does bad stuff. I told you I changed even though I never knew I never could. I know that I can't find somebody else as good as you. I need you to stay. I need you to stay. There's the, the kind of the breakup, and we're waiting for them to come back and save the day. Or look, you know what? If you're a little bit older, I'll go to the 80s. Uh, I might sing this one. Um, this is Wilson Phillips. Uh, hold on for one more day. Someday somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Till then, baby, going to hold down and make you cry. Don't you know, don't you know, things will change, they'll go your way. If you hold on for one more day, things will go your way. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but you can see the same storyline, right? Uh, things were okay, they've gone away. Hold on, they'll, they'll come back and it will be okay. It's like there's a story in which we feel that something, someone is missing and we need whatever it is to bring us closure. We need that kind of chapter to finish the story. And I reckon on Christmas morning we find out why it is we love those stories. Why all those myths, why all those epics are there because they are a little sample of the truth. That there is a hero there, that there is a captain there, and that it's God. And he is coming back to finish the story, but by ourselves, we cannot grab hold of that. We cannot grasp that. Earlier on in this part of the Bible, we found out that in the beginning, the word was God and he was with God. That was Jesus. Through him, everything exists. In him was life. That's the one that makes the universe tick, okay? Jesus is the God, God, the one that makes the universe tick. But by ourselves, we never seem to be able to get hold of that. That's why our verse said, John 1.18, no one has ever seen God. We've never been able to get our hearts or our hands on that missing piece of the puzzle. And our desire to complete that story... A desire to finish it is what causes us to ride the roller coaster of ups and downs in our life, to ride the roller coaster of great joys that then turn into something else, 
uh, to ride the roller coaster of Christmas morning and opening the presents and going, wow, I got new shoes. And then in four weeks going, uh, just got shoes. Or, or that roller coaster of, you know, you fell in love for the first time and it's called all kind of beautiful. Uh, or maybe you got married and it was all kind of beautiful, but then it settled into being married, uh, which is good, but it's not like getting married. Or you got into that course and you're like, yes, finished your apprenticeship and got into the job. You're like, yes, I found the thing that does it. And then you just you got to work every day for a very, very long time. And all these things, as we, as we keep thinking, yeah, I've got hold of it, I've got hold of it, and then we, we don't. It sends us on a ride of up and down and up and down. All this, we want to get the thing that makes it click. And we can't do it because the one who really completes the story is behind our grasp. The true hero, he is not with us. But the thing is, in the big story of the Bible, the true hero has said, I'll be back, in that kind of Arnie style. Not quite in those words, but way back earlier in the Bible, at the start of the Bible, you know the story, God was there, Adam and Eve were there, they were with him. and The story looked great, but Adam and Eve wanted to hold on to something else instead of God, and so the relationship broke down and kind of darkness fell over the world that impacted every part of the universe and our lives and there's a tiny glimpse in Genesis chapter 3 in verse 15 there's a, there's a tiny glimpse where the lead of the story says I'll be back I'll come and at Christmas that's what he does in the event of the thing we call the incarnation, where the doctrine of the incarnation is found. Now, I am going to teach them doctrine this morning, uh, but plenty of people will say, you know, don't do doctrine in it. Don't do doctrine in a kind of church sermon. Especially don't do it on Christmas morning. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, give people something easy and to relate to. Give them, give them something like that. But you know what? I... I actually don't want to talk down to you like you're stupid. I don't want to do that. Because this doctrine, this idea of the incarnation, that God made himself a human, it's not just a set of ideas for the books. This is the thing that makes sense of the world and the very thing that makes sense of you. Finally, God comes back. Jesus the one in closest relationship with the Father, the one so close, like enfolded with the Father, joined to God his Father. God, in our verse 18, the one and only Son comes to earth at Christmas. God has actually and really, not just an inspiring story or nursery rhyme, God has actually smashed into our reality, entering into our world and our lives we read that verse just before, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Christmas is the story of the doctrine of the incarnation. 
when God punched a hole in the roof of the world, when he joined himself to our existence, is when the ideal and the real joined together. You know what I mean by, by you know, the ideal? Uh, my wife and I, we sometimes do marriage preparation with people who are about to get married. Um, and they have to do a special survey. I think I've talked about this before. When they do that survey, it gives us a thing called an idealism score. Uh, how much the new couple sees the world through rainbows and butterflies. And if that idealism score is really high, we think, hmm, you're in trouble. But we've got that ideal picture, don't we? A relationship that's always working. A friendship that never has awkward moments. A family that is never at war. Humans all centred on the same thing and the true thing. That's the ideal as opposed to our real kind of everyday life. And Jesus enters into our world to bring those things together. You know, the conclusion of the Bible finishes the story by saying when God's people finally meet the Lord Jesus, there are no more tears or mourning or crying or pain. For this old order, what we experience as real, will have passed away. Christmas is when that promise of beauty starts to take hold of those who trust in Jesus. With Christmas, we're seeing that it is the hero of the story coming, the idea being filled out. Like when you've seen a show or read a book that didn't make sense until the final chapter. We've been, um, my wife Maddie and I have been watching a show called Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. If you're a reader, Jack Ryan is a book by Tom Clancy. Uh, I have a general rule in life where I don't read fiction. So I've not read the books. Um, but I've seen the show. And it's, it's one of those classic kind of who's the baddie shows. And you watch or you read, some people read chapter after chapter. I, I watch episode after episode and you're going, is it that one? I think it's that guy. Surely he's the terrorist. Or wait a minute, the, the captain of the CIA, maybe he's a baddie. And then you get to the final episode and you go, ah, it all, it all fits together. It all makes sense. And see, now because of Christmas... It's not just that God becomes a human, it's that what he does with humans finishes the story and finally brings us a lasting joy, bringing it all together so that God can be made known. This final chapter makes it all make sense and without it, nothing will quite make sense in your life. You, you, will, you will swim around in your life from sort of one small joy to the next small joy to the next small joy, but you'll, you'll never have the full one because the linchpin of things is here in our verse. It says, God has made him known. You know, none of us can make sense without God and he is here. I think that one of the troubles for us is that when we think of God being here, we have a sort of a small view of that. Like God comes here and we kind of get out a cup of tea and sit around the campfire uh, and it's all sort of nice and sentimental and fluffy, um, the picture of God coming here. 
But this God, if you know him, if you really begin to see him, if you know this God from the Bible, I, I tell you what, in the first instance, it can be scary. Because this is the same God who way back before Jesus in Exodus comes down on a mountain and it comes into fire. The same God who says to the famous ancient prophet Moses, you come any closer to me and you will die. Be very careful. If you really know God, it is unsettling. And, and sometimes, you know, people can think, well, it, you know, he's just a bit cranky, isn't he? God's a little bit cranky. That's not it at all. It's because of who he is and who we are. This God is always love and truth and justice and righteous. He's always been fair. He's always been generous. He's, he's always doing the right thing. He, he, this is a God that is just holy is the word we use. So different. And then there's us over here, you know, you and me. And if you really know yourself, mainly we're on about wanting to be happy. Mainly we're on about wanting to have the next little thing that makes us kind of happy. Um, whether it's a Christmas present or, or at work or a job. And sometimes it even looks like looking after our family, but really we just want that to work. So, you know, I am happy and if they're happy too, that's great. It's just our day-to-day -day existence, sort of centred on ourself, or, or self-centred, but in a way that looks lovely. And when you bring that kind of thing that's centred on me being happy, and you bring it closer and closer to this God who is always justice and truth and love and generosity and right, that's very uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable and unsettling moment. And in this moment, this is where the incarnation, where Jesus becoming this man on earth helps us. God broke into this world and shows us how kind he is by making a way for us to be close to him. Rather than pushing our kind of centred on self lives away, rather than shutting us out of the story, rather than kicking us to the curb, rather than punishing us for not listening to him and taking hold of him like we should. Now when we come to Christ, the final chapter, when we confess our need for Christ, confess our sin to the crucified Christ, that is when real joy begins to take hold of you. Right now, it's only partially, only like those little kind of green cotton shoots we're seeing right now. There's a, just a bit there. But it's truly there. God's presence is absolutely there. And one day it will be there fully and perfectly. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to this world. And let me say, it's the best thing that you can happen to you. And, and the incarnation, it's not just a set of ideas, a weird doctrine for the people who are in kind of universities. No, it's something for you and I. Not something you just need to know, but in fact, someone you need to meet. And this morning, some of you actually just need to meet him. Some of you need to meet 
Jesus. The purpose of this chapter, the purpose of Christmas, is to show you that God's not a weird thing out in the clouds, but he's someone who's glorious to be amazed at. Christianity is a person to meet. And my question this morning is, have you met him? Have you actually met him? And this is how you know. Well, you know what? You just know if you've met somebody, don't you? You know if you're in a group of people and you're sort of, oh, that's someone I've seen before, that's someone I've seen before. Oh, I've met him. I know that. I've met him. We've shook hands. We've talked. I know know who that is. You know if you've met somebody. Maybe you've just seen Jesus as a teacher, a moral guy, or one of the sort of religious people, or someone my family kind of knows about. But you need to admit that that's how you've been seeing him instead of seeing him as the final part of the chapter, the hero, the son of God. Admit that and come to him. Confess your sin and you will know him. And he wants that. That's why he came. And to us who are Christian brothers and sisters, the challenge of the incarnation, the challenge of this moment on Christmas Day is do we really grasp who we follow? Christ is someone who should make us go, wow. And we need to keep learning to be amazed by him. There's part of the Bible in 1 Peter 8 that says, Though you've not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an expressible and glorious joy. Is that you? Does his love and passion come to you? Does the cross show you that shining and beautiful moment? I know some of you are saying, it's been, I don't know if it's a long time, I don't know if I've ever felt like that. Uh, Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist preacher in the 1800s and he's got this famous thing where he says, sometimes he was praying, he felt like the glory of God came so hard he thought he was going to die. Here's my confession this morning. Actually, I'm not sure I've ever felt like that. Um, Look, maybe a few times. But that kind of inexpressible and glorious joy, I, I need to confess that that's in many ways not me. So this morning I'm asking you to confess that if that's you. You don't have to come up front and speak it into the microphone. I'll just do that bit. But what do you reckon is keeping you from that? You're just too busy? Just always feeling sorry for yourself? Maybe doing something you know is disobedient? Brothers and sisters, Christmas is a chance to confess those things. Christ has done everything to have you. And let let me just finish with this this little story and then I'm done. I saw an interview just a few days ago of a young girl, a teenage girl in Alice Springs. Uh, Alice Springs is in the middle of a crime wave at the moment. Uh, You know, burglaries and uh, thefts have increased 114% in three years. They interviewed, interviewed this young teenage girl who was out every night getting up to things she shouldn't. And she said, at home, the adults are in drugs or drunk, and they're not interested in me, 
nobody wants me and it's not going to change. I want to say because of Christmas, that is never true. It is never true. She is wanted and she can change. And no matter who you are, those things are never true about you. You are wanted and you can change. Christ wants to see joy in you. Our, our captain has opened a hole in the sometimes harsh and disappointing walls of the world. And Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. The Christmas event is when Jesus showed us the final chapter that's been missing in our story. Let me pray for us and we'll sing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the incarnation, that great doctrine where you came to this earth, smashing into our reality, that you might transform it and change it. Thank you that you are our hero and our saviour and our king who has come back. And thank you that we can confess that we have not taken hold of you as we should. And thank you that when we confess, there is forgiveness and life, and you want us to have the joy of knowing you. This is a kindness that we struggle to grasp, that we struggle to have that inexpressible joy in, and we pray this Christmas you would remind us of it and build it in us. And I pray for those this morning who actually really need to just meet you, that you'd help them to take that step. And that for them, they'd finally see that final chapter that makes sense of it all. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.